Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Hi there, this is Graham Rowett. Are you feeling scared? You will be. This is the Wicked Library. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warning. The Wicked Library is a horror fiction podcast created for a mature audience. Our stories contain graphic descriptions of pain, murder, violence, blood, betrayal, and inhumanity. Monsters win, people die, and hope is often shattered. There is also beauty, heart, catharsis, and raw emotion. Fear may be deeply personal, but we all share it. If at any time a story takes you to a place too dark, turn on the lights, press pause, or press stop. And always remember that unlike in the real world, these nightmares and your participation in them are under your control. Hello, Wicked listeners, and welcome to Season 11, Episode 1111 of The Wicked Library. That's so many ones. My name is Mitch Garretts, and I will be your very unqualified guest host of today's episode. If you are a comic book fan, you might know me as the artist on such titles as Mr. Miracle, Strange Adventures, or an obscure niche indie title called Batman. But why am I here, in this library of horror, talking to you, a listener of horror? Well, this library is one of many podcasts that I have obsessed over these last few years, whilst I toil away putting very long hours in at my studio desk. I put my AirPods in, and I let these fantastic writers of the library take me somewhere for hours on end. I don't even particularly like horror movies, but horror audio is my jam! Horror audio allows my creative brain to keep spinning at all times. I have to assemble the movie in my head and I think, most importantly, 
horror books and audio fiction doesn't feel the need to completely answer every question, I love the supernatural, the unexplained, and the otherworldly, and this library is vast in those departments. Also, I'm under a life debt contract with the librarian, but I don't want to talk about that. Enough about me! Let's talk about you and how you can support the Wicked Library. If you're not yet supporting the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash wickedlibrary. For as little as $3 a month, you can help make the show you love possible and get fun rewards. I am a patron, and one consumer to another, absolutely worth it. A lot of hard work and money goes into making the Wicked Library, and they really do rely on this support to help them pay the authors, voice actors, composer, and artists. In addition to knowing that you're a part of making the show possible, you will also get rewards like ad-free episodes at higher bit rates and access to bonus stories, which is the best part. You can support the Wicked Library at patreon.com slash wicked library. Now, the reason we are all here, it is my honor to introduce tonight's tale. Written for us by returning and absolutely amazing my favorite, author Christopher Long, and told to us by the unparalleled Denise Michelle Johnson, with a custom score by Nico Vitese of We Talk of Dreams. You can find more info about all of them at the Wicked Library website. Now, sit back, close your eyes, and find yourself in a palace of absent shadows. Here we go. Everything's showing a stronger signal now that we've got you hooked up to the diagnostics rig. Your Cicero's talking back to us, which means it's responding to all the basic requests and commands it can access in sleep mode. That's not a bad start. In fact, if we're lucky, this all can mean your recovery shouldn't take long at all. In which case, before we go any further, I guess I'd better get the standard boilerplate small print stuff out of the way. My name's Carrie Schifrin. I'll be your locus senior field technician today, and I'm in charge of the reactivation and maintenance of your Cicero meninograph device. All progress and communication will be broadcast back through your device on a live feed, as per current company protocols, allowing for more efficient monitoring of real-time results. This work will be carried out using the VR Broadcasting Maminocene Probe, fitted as part of your original installation. Some memories recovered may be used for training purposes. All personal data witnessed or recovered by your engineer is protected by safety and privacy guidelines. 
Any and all damages caused by interference to the device or by the device itself before the time of this session will not be the responsibility of the Locust Company or their employees. Okay, now that's done. Let's have a proper look at you. Subject is male. Name, currently unknown. Whereabouts are also currently unknown. Age is estimated at about 26. According to the paperwork, your maninograph was installed by a middle-level street surgery, not our own people. Truth be told, they didn't do a bad job. It's an older model, a LCI X45, possibly second-hand. You don't see a lot of these still in use. I guess it's worth bearing in mind that any malfunctions with the Cicero could have started long before we received the signal to log in and get you back online. On that note, I do also feel that I should offer my sincerest apologies that it took so long for us to answer your device's request for assistance. The response time is normally far quicker. Now, I'm logged in, and hopefully I should be able to ascertain the problem and get your system back up and running pretty quickly. All being well, we'll have you feeling like your old, auto-saved self again in no time. I can see your unit status is currently showing as secure, which is good. It means no one's been tampering with you. Protocols dictate that the device must be intact at all times for it to function effectively and complete tasks. There's also no glitching currently being detected either. So you've not been trying any of that new amnesiac or nostalgia coding we've been seeing on the market recently. You know, it's just possible, if we're both having a good day, that I might be able to re-establish full contact and let your manimograph do the rest. Fingers crossed that we're just looking at a simple trauma block as the cause for all this. Right. I'm activating your nanoprobe now. Controls are responding nicely. VR is holding its signal, and the data feed is active without any lag. Let's get moving. We can check over the original installation on the way to your data core. Yep, this is all looking pretty clean to me. There's no invasive damage, which is no bad thing with these older models, let me tell you. Especially if you've had it fitted by a third party. You should see some of the scarring they can leave behind when they're not using company-approved surgical tools, let alone some of the botch jobs their software can create. I worked on a chap once. Both him and his mother had their manimographs installed at the same time in some back-alley dive. The cowboy in charge of their initial downloads managed to sync their signals wrong, and they started receiving each other's data streams. I'm sure I don't need to tell you how messy that got before we separated them. There are some memories you'd never want to share with your mum, let alone the other way around. Last I heard, the poor sod was still having nightmares about his own birth. Anyway, you don't need to worry about any of that. This all looks very neat. Your vitals are good as well. Muscles appear to be intact, although they'll definitely require some work once we get the trauma block sufficiently removed from your Cicero. Blood flow appears pretty weak, although that's probably nothing to worry about. Looking over your prescriptions, 
I can see your doctors have put you on some strong stuff. Internal organs all seem to be working without any issues. You know, you might just be in better condition than I am, my friend. Your unit trace sensor probes were successfully attached and synced to your central nervous system. Their base responses are all coming back positive. And there's your data core, dead ahead. We'll gain access and keep the first harvest nice and gentle. Surface layer only. No deep cuts. Favorite songs and breakfast cereal, old birthday parties, day trips, school friends, that sort of thing. We'll take a slow feed. I always find that's always better with someone in your condition. Especially when we can't be sure exactly how long you've been waiting for our assistance. Target site is acquired. Probe attached, without tissue damage. Everything looks okay in the surrounding aria. The surface data doesn't look to be either stagnant or showing signs of deterioration. Memories are coming through, as clear as a bell, even if the signal is a little twitchy for my liking. Your personal feelings for familiar names and faces are being stored and logged as they're recovered. Your Cicero's current reality has been established and matches with our records. That's a good sign. Your parents are identified. No surviving siblings. One parent remaining. Maternal. We should be able to get a name. Here we go. Your mother's name is Mary Sinead Porter. Although I see your little hazy on her middle name and her maiden name. Oh, and her birthday. You might want to watch that. If I remember, I'll set up a room for her in your Cicero's floor plan. It's all part of the service, and I think we both know that it never hurts to keep your mother happy. Some people only buy our product just so they don't have to worry about that sort of thing anymore. Cousins and older relatives are rarely in contact, by the looks of it. Social groups are just coming through. I'll cross-check and compare these names with current social media profiles working in the local area. Yep, it looks like there are plenty of people who might know you and be worried about you, although it does appear some of them might have lost touch over the years after getting occupied with their own lives. Children, careers, hobbies. I don't see a lot of that in your own life, my friend. I think, for now, we'll keep away from using their presence as part of this session. Any input from memories involving them might only serve as a setback. Negative responses are rarely beneficial. We're still looking good. The early data harvest hasn't disturbed or affected the stability of the device. Your vitals are holding up. Let's get a deeper probe released and open the doors to some two-way communication. There we go. All lights are green. Memory roots are established. Your biography sphere status is secure with a full connection. Our understanding of your case history should improve to no end now. For a start, we've got a name from the initial handshake. It's nice to meet you, Stephen Martin Porter. Now, drumroll. I think we've got you ready for your first contact, Stephen.
Even if your core data does look a little sketchy in places, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's phasing in and out of clarity, which might be coming from the diagnostics rig I'm using. I have to keep an eye on that. Right. Brace yourself, Stephen. Let's just set the transcription to follow our progress and get you projected into your established floor plan. Good. There you are. Now, we'll shift my VR avatar in there with you. And three, two, one. Transcript begins. Session one. Hello, Stephen. I'll refer to you by that name, if that's okay. I can see you've got a preference for Steve or Stevie saved in your monomograph. And I can assure you that that's been noted. But I feel for our relationship to be successful and professional, that Stephen is a more appropriate place for us to begin. Especially as we're only meeting for the first time. We might achieve a little familiarity between us in time, That depends how long it takes to get you back on your feet, really. I know all this feels a little strange. Your projection inside your own Cicero device. It's the easiest way for us to communicate and solve this problem together. Don't worry. This was all covered in the training video you would have seen when you first activated your Cicero, which you probably don't remember right now. Just try to relax. Your heart rate is rising a little too steeply for my liking. I can medicate the reaction from here if you need it. There are some mild sedative farms built into the probe. Here you go. That'll help you focus. Now, try to think of this projection as yourself. Don't worry about anything else for the time being. Breathe. No deep down that you're safe here. We're both safe here. This is your safest, securest place. You designed this place. You and nobody else. As we go through your memory palace's floor plan, you'll need to be my guide. Do you want to establish a full dialogue with me? Okay. Fair enough. I can understand your hesitancy. However, I can make educated guesses on your current mood by the responses I'm monitoring from here. Let me assure you that your mind has remained intact. This isn't all some hallucination and I'm not the symptom of a worsening medical condition. You don't need to worry. I'm good at my job and I've helped plenty of people recover from far more aggressive or debilitating Cicero trauma-related overloads than this. Trauma is not productive, Stephen, especially if it's left to fester in a Cicero. I've read your case file. I know some of the harder times you've endured. I've read the records of your wound patterns. I know you were given a daily regimen of medication after you showed signs of being unable to cope with your day-to-day life. In many ways, we're lucky you had the Cicero installed when you did. I should be able to help you find and resolve your issues here. Then we can get you back in control of your real self and let this floor plan break the trauma down and file it away in case of further problems. 
basically returning you to your pre-saved personal settings. To be honest, I'm surprised you didn't try this before. A lot of people in your position would have a Cicero fitted for exactly this reason. Anyway, please think of me as a friend. I'm sure when this is all over, we could always meet up in the flesh. Some people like to see their engineers face to face, just to get a little closure on an experience like this. For now, though, you need to trust me. Trust is going to be an important key for us going forwards. We'll need a lot of keys to unlock whatever's holding you down here. Keys which we'll forge together. That's right, together. Don't react like that. You and I, we're a team. Sure, I might be driving at the minute, but that's only because you're still finding your feet. There's no need for hostility here. There's no need to try and hide. Remember, now we're fully connected. I can see your dreams. I can see your memories. I can see everything your monomograph saved here. There's no point trying to hide from me. There are no places in your memory palace's floor plan that are hidden to me while we're connected like this. How about I show you what I can do to help? Maybe that'll get the ball rolling. Now, like I said, we're a team, and a team should have no secrets. Only, you have secrets, don't you? Secrets even you don't appear to fully understand right now. So, why don't we attempt to face one of them together? We'll take a gander at that door you keep showing me. Don't play coy. Every corner we turn, there it is. I can feel the fear it inspires in you. You definitely believe that there's something bad stashed behind that door. If we're going to get past this part of your problem, then we need to decode whatever you designed that door to contain. We need to understand it and resolve it, proving that the door isn't holding back some terrifying monster. It's just a place your subconscious created to represent and store an old fear that it's doubtlessly already dealt with. Wait. Maybe I misunderstood. You're not showing me this door, are you? You're wielding it at me. You're trying to use it like a talisman to ward me off. Don't worry. I won't take it personally. In fact, if anything, I respect you for trying. Between us, I've not seen anyone do that before. And it can't be easy to keep the door appearing when all you want to do is flee from the sight of it. It's an old door by the looks of it. Interestingly, it doesn't immediately match any of the doors that I can see in your memories of your family homes or your own homes. Not even the homes of your friends. It's faded, antique. Also, it's not locked. I wonder why you thought it was. There, see? We've opened it together. Hey, come on. There's no need to beat the retreat. This is all just a projection, remember? 
There is absolutely nothing to fear from this door or what's waiting beyond it. I'm here with you. We're observing it together. And remember, you technically brought us here. I'm just working with what you're giving me. At least neither of us will be surprised when we see the scratches on the other side. Yep, there they are. Man, that is a lot of scratches. Some of them might even match your own fingernails. Reviewing everything I'm getting back from your Cicero, I'm finding you have no particular memory of leaving them there. However, from assessing your external records we keep on file, I can see that particles of wood were detected under your nails when you were found by the police, before your first stay in a hospital. The hospital where I see you managed to get out of a locked ward only to be found in a cupboard, cutting at yourself with a pair of scissors. Stephen? Stephen, please. I told you that hiding from me is not an option here. Maybe it would be more useful if I were to give us a more positive talisman. A memory to keep you afloat, like a buoyancy aid. Or maybe it'd function better as an early warning system. I believe you're aware of a robot called Robbie, right? Your father liked that robot, didn't he? I can see you have a lot of memories of him and that robot. I like the design. Very retro future. How about this? When there is real danger, when you need to be alerted, then we will see the robot. He'll alert us. See how he's not here in this room with us now? That means we're safe. Although, that's interesting. Your Cicero is offering up some other memories related to that particular cue. I can see your brother, William. He used to play a game with your father, where your dad pretended to be the robot. All flailing arms and a funny voice. I'm sure they would have let you play if you'd not hidden from them. Why would you hide from them? Sorry. Maybe that's getting ahead of ourselves. That memory's a little unstable for my liking. Let's get back to the door. We know it's safe here now. We know there's nothing here but a dark, empty room. The danger you sensed was a phantom. A figment of something long forgotten, which your Cicero was designed to contain and weaken, as it does with all the more harmful fears and triggers. It dilutes them and uses the negative emotions they generate to create a holding pattern, which keeps them in place until they're broken down. Now, how about we get back to the corridors of your memory palace? See if we can't find out how you ended up here. Okay. I see the door's locked this time. Did you lock the door on us, Stephen? I'm not entirely sure that's possible in your current state. Not that it's a problem. I should be able to unlock it if I just cheat around the code with my diagnostics rig here. Although, that is putting up a bit more of a fight than I expected. You'd almost think it wasn't a door at all. It's reacting to some sort of 
painted illusion on the wall. Except we know we came through it, don't we? Come on, you stubborn thing. You know you want to open. You were programmed as a door. Act like a door. Ah, there we go. Even if it did take a little more effort than I would have liked. Maybe my rig needs a tune-up. Right. So now, the corridor outside the door has changed. Did you do that as well, Stephen? You know, this would be far easier if you talked to me. We're not on the floor plan anymore, are we? This is a memory. We've crossed directly into a memory. Why didn't my senses spot that? Did you change the nature of the portal coding as I stepped through it, Stephen? I can see the readings. I can see your fingerprints, even if I don't know exactly how you did that either. The coding should be set and locked from installation. Regardless, I can get a match on our location from your saved memories. This is the corridor that led you to that door in real life, isn't it? In which case, I say we turn and face the path that led you to this place instead. In fact, let's speed up the process. I can get us right back to where you first encountered this door using the diagnostics rig. There. This is the first recorded memory we can access. It's glitching slightly as if there's an older echo of the same event. A deja vu tremor, perhaps. We can ignore that for now. It's probably just your device struggling with trauma containment. Looking at this, you first saw the door you're so afraid of in a book. That must be your brother showing you the pictures. William. Will. I guess that's an appropriate name for someone so set on charting their own course, right? Although, for the record, I can't see anything that suggests he was your parents' favourite. There's really no benefit in clinging to that wound, Stephen. If you want my opinion, his untimely death is linked in some way to that status you're assuming they attributed to him. Why would you minimalise yourself like that? It's actually affecting your palace's floor plan in places. I can see the ruptures forming around his memory. I can also see he's not showing you the pictures either. He's taunting you with them. Yeah, I had an older brother like that. They pounce when they sense fear. He found the book in a box, and now he's making you look at it. It's an old book, isn't it? on superstitions and curses, haunted places. He's showing you the photos, and you're begging him to leave you alone. You're trying to keep your eyes closed, except you know the pictures will still be there when you open your eyes. A lot of your nightmares seem rooted to that thought, the terror of what is waiting to see you when you open your eyes. Why did you feel like that book was able to see you? Maybe that's some fantasy feedback coming from your device. Now, the 
pages he's insisting you see show a building, a haunted building. Your brother is saying he's going to make you visit them. And you think that's where your brother disappeared. Sorry, I'm simplifying this, aren't I? The biography sphere structure is getting tangled here. It must be that phasing I saw. Your brother didn't announce anything about visiting the house when you were children, did he? No. Time had passed by then. Your brother was about your age now when he went to that house, when he said he was off to visit the dead. Is that right? Or is that not your brother I'm seeing here? My apologies. These memories appear to be damaged or degraded in some way. I should have noticed that before. Not that it'll be much of a problem. I'll just need to compensate for it as we proceed. Oh, very clever, Stephen. Making that adjustment has showed me something. You're tangling this memory up with your dreams yourself, aren't you? Well, I'm not just here to replay your bad dreams until I give up and go away. You need to remember what I said. I'm here to help. I came because you called for help. Stop trying to drive me away. Besides, you're the one who changed that door to take us through to a root memory. Or at least, I think you were. People normally can't do that. Look, we need to get back to your memory palace's set floor plan if we're going to help you. Our best course of action is to investigate the pain which started at that root memory. We can follow it right back to where we need to be. Linear narrative, particularly for negative memories, can act as a direct route through to the deep storage of a Cicero memory palace. It's interesting to see how your memories have muddied with your dreams, even this close to the surface. I don't think it's an effect of the block or part of the phasing issue I've been seeing, now that I look at it. No, this seems to be preset, written into the floor plan you designed. Did you do that on purpose? Your Cicero really isn't designed to try and accommodate your private fictions as memories. Maybe you programmed it wrong to begin with. That can happen if you just pay for an installation and try to set up the system yourself. Right. We're nearly there. I'm taking you back to when you first found the house. It took a bit longer because I thought I was looking at a childhood memory. I overshot us before I compensated for those dream loops of yours. I can see some sort of childhood imprint but you weren't that young when you came here not unless you were drinking as a child drinking after you've already tried to quit once I know that feeling addiction is a swamp with very few exits and far too many entrances it took the drink to get you here didn't it 
not far from your home. Is that why your recollection is so hard to fix in place? Actually, is this where you are now? This memory looks pretty fresh. Stephen, you're resisting the sight of the door again. You need to trust me. We need to go through this and get back to the floor plan. In reality, this is just a house. I can see its address. I can see photos of it on real estate websites. It doesn't really have access to the power you've granted it in your own head. In real life, it's just someone's home. Oh, I see. You knew the building from when you were children. You really have tangled this stuff together. I hope you're not doing that on purpose. Why would you want to get rid of me when you asked for assistance? I think I can see where the childhood link came from now. It's a lingering cluster of nostalgia. This house was so close to where your family gathered after your brother was buried. Closed casket. Not that you were able to resist the urge to picture what was inside. For the record, I have access to his medical file. I can see the coroner's report, and I can assure you, here and now, that you're wrong. The corpse you're picturing is not at all how your brother looked when he died. He still had both his eyes. Look, let's return to the car. I'm sure, while we're here, that you don't need me to point out that drinking and driving is illegal. Please, stop attempting to change the memory to a taxi. Lies are of no use to either of us here. Let's simply move to the front door, which is not the door you tried to scare me with earlier, I see. It's nowhere near as old. In fact, the outside of the house looks new. Newer than your parents' house. Give me a moment. I want to take a look at the street. Okay. I've seen this from other memories. This is a new estate, close to where you grew up. You drove here and counted the miles. You had remembered the exact distance. You both had. Or... Was it just your brother? His memories are almost presenting as your own here. That's strange. Let's get back to the door for now. We need to push through to the floor plan, which means we need to get through this house. The lights are off. You don't have a key, yet you're trying the handle. Stephen. Perhaps there are deeper issues here. I can't find the memories of how you let yourself in. Hang on. This isn't the house we just entered. This doesn't make any sense. This place is far too big. Far too old. Far too dark. Stephen, please. I asked you to stop. 
If you run into the shadows, then I can't see you. Wait. Why can't I see you? I have the probe installed, and we're connected. So how are there shadows in here that I can't see past? How about we work back a bit? This house doesn't match the house we entered, regardless of how you got in. Although, you do know this other place, clearly. The door with the scratches on it is here. I can feel your reaction to it, being so close, waiting over our heads. Are you scared or excited by that? Stephen, when did your brother die? Who drove you to the house if that memory wasn't a lie? Why can't I spot a lie if you're the one who's telling it? We really need to stop for a moment. Something isn't right here. We're getting lost in these phase glitches I noticed earlier. Stephen, please turn around so I can see your face. Stephen? Stephen, what's wrong with your eyes? Session ended. Transcription ends. Damn! My own accelerating heart rate kicked me out. Just bear with me, Stephen. I think we strayed into a nightmare there. I'm running a diagnostic across all sensors and checking your unit is secure before we get going again. Your vitals still look fine. Except, even with the meds, your pulse is quicker than I would have expected. And there's something else the damage report is picking up on. Let me just zoom in on that. Okay. That's weird. I'm seeing scratches on the bones the probe passed to get here. How is that possible? Why does this all feel like it's coming down from that lie you were telling me, Stephen? Can a lie be contagious? If that was the case, I should have still been able to use your device's biosphere to course-correct to its current understanding of truth. Request for information. Locus, please confirm if these issues match with any known problems with the LCI X45. You know, those scratches on the recorded images look deep, Stephen. I can't see how you could have caused them yourself. Locus, please respond. I'm receiving no responses from the network, and this guessing is getting us nowhere. Stephen, I'll re-establish communication and get a new session underway. I'll try not to get us lost off the floor plan this time. Transcript begins. Session two. Stephen, I know you can hear me. I can continue to try and resolve this issue without you, but your presence would be beneficial to our work and your recovery. I still can't see why you'd ask for my help and then try to drive me away. Look, 
We're going to go about things a bit differently this time. We'll keep it methodical, which means no wandering off the beaten path or rushing off ahead of me. Not that I can figure out how you managed to do that. You've clearly picked up a few tricks while you've been stranded in here. Please stop trying to ward me off with your fears. Your father is not a threat to me. He was only a man. You know this as well as I do. You know he was not a monster. You loved him. You attended his funeral before you attended your brother's, didn't you? Oh, no. I apologize. Your brother was buried before your father. It was your father's funeral which led you to the front door of that house. See? Now we're getting somewhere. That knot of old pain is probably why we were getting our results scrambled before. Perhaps this is all a misunderstanding. That first door you showed me was unlocked to begin with, wasn't it? I opened it to show you that there was nothing to fear. I identified the scratches, some of which were your own. Then, we returned to the door. It was locked. That's where the problem started. I might have accidentally allowed for us to become caught somewhere between your memories and the trauma those memories have carved onto your bones. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. I only meant to say that my own interference may have gotten us confused between your memories and your nightmares. I think you went to that house drunk and you panicked. I think you accidentally locked yourself behind that door and started scratching at it out of blind fear. That might explain why you kept scratching at your own skin later on. Going back there, opened a repressed wound, and that, somehow, has driven you into this current situation. Let's try a different approach this time. Instead of me getting lost in the problem, we'll let you lead, and I'll observe. I promise I won't leave you alone. I also must ask, this time, that you don't leave me on my own. We're a team. Remember? Right. This is a funeral. You're showing me a funeral. I meant show me a destination on your floor plan. This is your brother's funeral. You're talking to people and wishing you could hide behind Will. He always did the talking. They all know that. Or... That's what you decided. Why do I feel like I'm looking at papered over cracks again here? A hasty repair job. I wonder, is the confusion I'm reading here the reason why you retreated upstairs to find your old playroom? You looked through the boxes until you found the book, didn't you? All that pain, all of that grief, you wanted to feel something else. 
so you hunted out that wolf. You wanted to scare yourself. There it is. The cover is even more faded this time. The corners are bashed. It looks so small now. Only when you hold it in your hands and let it fall open, it opens right on that page. The photographs of that old house and those misty shapes in what looks like an attic. You're barely able to see their true form, but something keeps trying to decode them. It's like you're attempting to summon them here. It's strange how this doesn't read at all like a memory through the diagnostics rig. It's clearly not a dream either. Wait. Was that your father who just walked past the door? Stephen, if we're going to stay together, then we have to make sure we don't lose contact again. Don't run after him. Don't leave without me. Okay, at least wait for me outside the door. No. You see? This is wrong now. This landing was not in your parents' house. This is very clearly not the house we were in a moment ago. We're back in the photographs. If I look back, your playroom will be gone. Except, it isn't. I can see the boxes. How is that possible? Is that your brother hiding just behind the door? Or is that him I can hear moving around upstairs? Whichever one he is, I know he's just a distraction. You're doing it again, aren't you? You're trying to distract me. Trying to get me to leave. Why won't you trust me? Fine. If you're determined to treat me like a symptom of your delusions, then explain how I'm able to find my own way around these places without you. Look, if I go to the stairs and look down, I can see the people mourning your brother. No. No. That has to be wrong. That's the other house again, isn't it? I'm looking down into the house from the photograph. So how are they here as well? Why are they all looking at me? They're not talking. They're not mourning. They're standing with drinks in their hands, little paper plates loaded with food. And they're all looking straight up the stairs at me. That's not right, Stephen. They're not even talking to each other. Stephen, if you can tell me where you are, then I can come to you. I don't seem to be able to find you when your memories change like this. These are your memories, aren't they? This is getting us nowhere. I need to stop and reassess. This is the house in my book. I, I mean, in your book. Or 
your brother's book? Or is it your father's book? Either way, I know the book had a map. I saw the map. If I can access that map, then I will find my way back to where I want to be. This is the landing. There are bedrooms and a smaller staircase to another floor at the back. There are windows with balconies, so there should be another way to descend to the ground floor. Is that where you went, Stephen? I don't think you would have tried to find your father. Your feelings towards him indicate you would always run the other way, and you wouldn't have gone near that door above us. Stephen, those people from the funeral are coming upstairs. Are they coming to find me? Or you? They're still not speaking. They're just silently coming to find me. This has to be your nightmare. You shifted our position again. I need to stop following you through doors until we get a handle on that. This can't have actually happened. Can it? I saw your house. I saw where you grew up with your brother, your mother, never speaking to him. Or was that you? Were you the one who hid from people just over their shoulder? Why can I see echoes of this happening to your brother? It's hard to take these knots apart, Stephen. They're still coming. And I can see the robot, Stephen. I can see the robot your father used to like. We're not safe here. They're coming to find me, and I still can't find you. This is happening too fast. I need space to focus past your fears. I'll move to the far bedroom. There's a door in there that looks like part of the wall. Yes. Here we go. I found the back stairs. I just need to follow these downstairs and I'll find the kitchen. No. No! This is wrong again! Now I'm on the top floor and those people are still coming. How did they follow me so quickly? Why can't I see their eyes? This isn't possible. None of this is possible. I know I went downstairs. The map must be wrong, or my systems are experiencing issues. Or you're changing the map. They want me to go through that door, don't they? They're herding me towards the door at the end of the hall. I know that door. You've already showed it to me. I know there's nothing behind that door. Your Cicero has already dealt with it, so that's my best hope then. Let me get this door shut and lock it. There. Now I can consult the map. They'll stop scratching in a moment. Or is that coming from in here? It sounds closer. It's getting closer. Like it could be someone scratching at my bones. This room was empty before. Stephen, 
Is that you? Why can't I see your face? Session terminated. Okay. That felt too close. Far, far too close. Locus, I'm still seeing no response from you. And my systems seem to be experiencing some issues. Locus, please respond. External maintenance requested. Network assistance would be appreciated. Locus, please respond. Fine. Don't respond. I'll run another set of system checks. Those results can't be right. How can I be seeing shadows moving inside the subject? Shadows require sunlight. So how are they moving? They're interfering with my trace probes. That has to be an error. Locus, I'm requesting assistance across my own channels and the subject's access to the Manimograph's alert network. Please send a reply. I don't seem to be able to exit out of my VR link either. Something isn't right here. I'm locked in. If you are experiencing technical difficulties at your end, you can access me through my code portal. Locus? Repeat. I appear to be locked into my subject's Manimoseme probe. Still nothing. I need to breathe. They drilled us for this. VR with some subjects can cause either empathetic corruption or personal time mistranslation. I'm not trapped. I'm not in danger. There are no scratches on the bones of this subject. This is all just bleed through from whatever is affecting his Cicero. Somehow, his own coding, when designing his memory palace, has allowed his nightmares to pose as reality, and those illusions are getting into my sensor feeds. It's no wonder we stopped selling this model. There can't be any shadows down here. I've seen his medical files. I know these scratch marks don't correspond with any previous injuries he sustained either. I also know they weren't there before. I know that in the same way I know those people in the old house can't have seen me. Especially if they didn't have any eyes. Hang on. Where's the report on his brother gone? This data isn't showing any siblings now. Just breathe, Carrie. You answered a delayed call-out. You logged on quickly to help them. This is probably just a case of more haste, less speed. There'll be a way of tracking down where the fault started if I review the data before I start a third session, right? Well, I have the data from two previous sessions now. Let's get it loaded up. No. No, hang on. The data 
can't be blank. I've had two sessions. I communicated with the subject. I moved through his floor plan, his adjacent memories, and his nightmares. How can there be no record of that? The floor has to be at my end. I'm experiencing a fault with my own rig, which means all of these weird occurrences are nothing to do with Stephen. And I've left him stranded in his own device with his nightmares. I need to ignore all these clearly wrong results and focus on helping him. Once that's done, I can work on getting my own rig to behave. Perhaps I can start a session without him. Into the floor plan and get to work. Dig him out by myself. Transcript begins. Session three. If you can hear me, Stephen, I'm back outside the door. Wait, that can't be right either. I was meant to enter at your memory palace's lobby. Why am I back outside the house? This damned rig just ditched me on our past path. Right. This means I might have incorporated myself directly into a memory. Sorry, Stephen. I'll need to work on fixing that later. However, maybe we can use this to identify the problem. Or maybe we should start worrying about why my avatar looks like you. My hands are registering as your hands now. You're in my reflection. This has to be the glitch. I've got to be careful I don't do anything that causes your mind to start rewriting your old memories with my actions now. The door is opening. Are you doing that, Stephen? I'm not doing that. I'm not moving either. So why am I going in? I'm going up stairs. I'm returning to that room. I don't want to go back to the second floor. I don't want to see that door those people forced me to lock to keep them out. Is it them? I can hear whispering. I can't turn around to see. Stephen, if you're doing this, then I need you to remember that we're meant to be working together. I came here to help you. I haven't seen you since you chased your father out of your old playroom. I didn't mean to lose you. I don't want to leave you here. I've come back to help you out of this mess. Wait. Your father... Your father, who watched those programs with the robot, was not the man you chased after. I can see your mother didn't marry again. So who have I been seeing in this house? Who did you chase after? These aren't echoes. 
Are they? I can see it now. I can see the pattern on the scans. There are two sets of memories here. At least. The funerals. Your brother. Your father. They're not the people I saw before. Everything is bleeding into itself. Everything is wrong. So who was the man I saw walk past your door? Why did you chase after him if you're so scared of his house? Maybe this explains how that house can be waiting behind so many different doors. It's like you've set this floor plan as a feedback loop, letting these imposters haunt you through your own device. Only that can't be right. The reality and the nightmares. Maybe I've had them backwards. The door. I can see the door. You tried to distract me, but I'm not going back through there. Session terminated. Damn it! This is the last time I ever log on for a few extra hours. No amount of overtime is worth this. I miss little old women who've forgotten their grandchildren's birthdays, or people who can't find their last memory, or where they left their keys. Locus, please respond. My communications are still showing as pending, and there is something very wrong with either this job, or my tech, or both. I've answered a call that's been in the network for a while. The device's details are all in my previous reports, although my data logs are blank. I can't tell if this is an error on my side or some sort of corruption coming through the monomograph I've linked with. Locus, please respond. Okay? Still no response. I need to accept that. No. Hang on. There is another signal. It's not coming from the network, though. It's on my frequency. Or it's close to it. It's too weak to be sure. I might be able to trace it. Why is it showing so close to me? It can't be in here with me. Something is so wrong here. I can't find Stephen in his own floor plan. I'm not even sure if that's Stephen I've been talking with. He keeps trying to throw me out, and then he tries to trap me in with his fears. Now I'm reading a signal which looks like it should be coming from right beside this probe, inside the subject, which isn't possible. Just like those scratches and shadows I'm seeing inside the subject. I need to focus. I can't break the VR link. I'm stuck here. 
I need to work through this problem logically. So what am I seeing? From the outside, it looks like a patient trapped between two significant deaths in his life. His brother and his father. That's three people with their memories somehow crowded into one Cicero. The preset floor plan is struggling to tell the boundaries between them. It's spreading their data to the point where it's leaking into my own system for space. Except there's something else at work. The memories of that house Stephen saw in a book. A house which I'm certain he's not only visited, but either lived in or been trapped in at some point. His own fears of the place are so strong that I feel like I've been there myself. Now Stephen seems able to break free of me inside those memories, and they seem able to invade my own systems. Now, if I review my own feed, I can see scratches on the outer shell of this probe. When I know they can't be there, how can I get out of this? Maybe I'm wrong about the dual patterns in the device. Maybe what I've been seeing is Stephen's own nightmare version of himself trying to replace him in his own floor plan. After all, both would believe they were real, which means, technically, there is another version of Stephen in there, an aberration which can replace him without me detecting the change. Maybe my best bet is to attempt contact with this other version. If I can treat him like both a symptom and a subject, then maybe I can get Stephen's floor plan to lock onto his true memories. That way, I can help him understand himself and hopefully clear up my own sensor issues at the same time. Stephen, if you can hear me, then I need you to know I'm sorry. I'm going to stimulate a memory that will not be pleasant for you. For either of us. If it's any consolation, please know that I'm going to experience it in your place. Transcript begins. Session 4. Proxy engine active. The proxy is broadcasting darkness, blacking out my senses. This memory is a wild, blind panic. My eyes are closed, only they are not my eyes. They're Stephen's eyes. Distance is the key, I think. Still, I need to feel Stephen's fear, his threat, his dread of knowing what I'm about to see when I open his eyes. There, 
there it is. The photo. My brother. Sneering at me. From behind it. The pages of the book. Held up and forced into my face. He's laughing at me. Taunting me. I can't fight the emotions. I can only let them in. Look at the photos. Look at my brother. Look at my brother in the photos. No, that's wrong. That has to be wrong. This is the book Stephen came to find after William died. This is the book which woke Stephen's nightmares up again. Or maybe it's not the book. Maybe I missed the point of what he was trying to show me here. He wasn't afraid of seeing the book. He was afraid of seeing the face behind it. He never came to a funeral. They never met as children. He saw a face behind his father's shoulder. And the face saw him. There's that trace again, that other pattern. It's stronger near this other boy who is not and never was Stephen's brother. I can't fight the fear. I need to focus on the book. There are answers there. The photos are old, printed neatly, sharp black and white. The text beneath gives dates and the address. I know that address from Stephen's memories. It's not his home address. It never was. It does have a connection to him, though. Not the distance in miles from his front door, but from his father's front door. The memories I've been experiencing are somehow a mix of Stephen, William, and his father. These photos were taken by his father when he was younger. The book was old when Stephen had to face it, when it was taken from a box by a boy. No one else could see in their house apart from him. It had been hidden there by his father. He didn't want to remember it again. He didn't want to remember the boy who he'd found waiting for him at the top of the abandoned house. He had photos of him, which everyone else saw as a shapeless mist. Photos which had ended up in the local paper and in a book. Photos which drew so many people to that attic, which they probably never left again. He took so much more than their eyes, didn't he? 
Stephen. I can see your father clearly now. I can see. He wasn't the man I saw walk past this door. I can see that he wasn't watching you when I saw a boy chase after him. A boy who made himself look like you to lead me into a trap. No wonder you tried to make me leave. That other man, he's peering through the door at me now. I can't look at him. I can't give in. The aberration is here with me. Maybe it always was. Maybe it used you to send out the signal which brought me here. I can't worry about that. I can only prepare a space to try and talk to it. There are chairs in this playroom. I'll pause the memory and set out two chairs. One for me, one for the other. They look like me, except I do not look like me. They look like you, Stephen. Or do I look like you? I'm tiptoeing over your nightmares to find the truth. Am I just another aberration in your head? If I can't find a way to sever this link? It sits and smiles. A shark tolerating the final words of its meal. William. William, who killed his own brother. Such spirit, such determination and arrogance, such joy in pain. I can taste his hunger. I can see flashes of his memories which have infected these walls. They tried to contain him with old ways. They locked him away and tried to conjure peace in his heart. Instead, solitude and shadows made him something else. You can only starve so long before you find another way to feed. He claimed his father and your father after it followed him from this house bringing these hallways with him. He always does. His home and the people he locked inside it. He brought them all here when he finally moved into you. This device was ideal for something like him. Although I can see you tried to fight him you tried to cut him out until you couldn't hold back the whispers any longer. The man at the door is gone. The room is cold and quiet. It is 
watching. Only me now. Not quite Stephen. Not quite William. Oh, God! Not quite me either. How long has it been waiting in this device for someone like me to come along? When did we switch chairs? No, that can't be right. I wasn't sitting here. My senses offline. I feel numb. I can't end this session. The blackness is rising. I can't see. I've lost contact with the rig. I can stand, however. I can find the doorway before they find me. The stairs. I know the stairs are here. I can use my hands to feel the walls. Why can't I open my eyes? I need to get back to the door, Stephen. That door will lead to the floor plan. The door which kept appearing when I first arrived. A hook bobbing gently on a slack line. I was so eager to help that I snagged it into my own mouth like the most obliging of meals. I opened the door. I unlocked it and set that thing free. The whispers are getting louder. My skin is getting colder. I'm becoming cold. The thing which replaced me is switching all systems back to sleep mode. We're fading back to silent running. The probe must be leaving, taking a new passenger with it. The silent people are close. There's the door. I can feel the door. I know they can't get past the door. I need to close it, lock it. I need to keep my fingers as solid as I can until I'm safe. I need to count all those requests I sent for help. The network will answer them, just like I did. The corridors of this house are going to spread like a plague. There's that scratching again. Is that you? Stephen? Why do you look like me down here? How many of us are there now? How many others came to help set you free? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to episode 1111, All the Ones, of The Wicked Library. Today's author was Christopher Long with his story, In a Palace of Absent Shadows. Today's story was told by Denise Michelle Johnson. To find out more about today's author and storyteller, please visit thewickedlibrary.com and check out their bio pages. I am your guest host, Mitch Garretts. You can find more about me, my work, and my whole crazy world at both Twitter and Instagram as at Mitch Garretts. No spaces. That's M-I-T-C-H-G-E-R-A-D-S. The producer for today's episode was Meg Williams. Our lead editor and executive producer is Scarlett R. Algie. Our resident composer and executive producer is Nico Vitese of We Talk of Dreams. Artwork for today's episode was created by Jeanette Andromeda, our art director and executive producer. Our showrunner is Daniel Foytik. Thank you, Daniel. The Wicked Library is created by Ninth Story Studios, LLC. All rights reserved. Good night, kiddies. <laughs>